We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey everyone, welcome to the Ritter Grinders Morning Grind Podcast. I'm your host, Stevie TPFL. It's Monday, it's November 6th, it is 2023. We have 12 NBA games to talk about here on today's podcast. Hope everyone is having a fantastic Sunday night. If you're live with us over there on YouTube, welcome. Hope everyone's having a good day. Joined today by my buddy TJ. TJ, NASCAR season in the books, which I know you could care less about. Um, I'm excited for you know nascar season nice little break get some sleep get the get the batteries recharged a little bit and um it's always nice when you open up a slate on a monday and you're like 12 games and it's like oh, oh welcome welcome back welcome back to nba that's yeah you uh you sent me that message we're like so penny starting for the morning grind tonight and i was like yep perfect the usual let's do it you know assuming it's going to be like five six seven maybe eight games on a monday and then i didn't notice till hours later i was like 12 games oh okay monday night we are uh we are not messing around so uh ready to ready to dive into this one yeah 12 games left to talk about uh, a lot of injuries a lot of back-to-backs and um some question marks that definitely matter on this slate so um yay <laughs> uh as always we like to always like to say first look podcasts we're giving you a first look there's going to be a lot of stuff that changes with NBA, NBA, like MLB. We can give you a lot of stuff and I feel really good about it, but like NBA, I think that, um, overall, you know, you're gonna, you're definitely going to want to like make changes throughout the day. All right. Jumping right in. We get started. San Antonio at Indiana taking on the Pacers two thirty eight and a half and a half total in this game. Pacers is seven point favorite. The Spurs are on the second end of a back-to-back year. Um, Vassell did not play Sunday dealing with a groin injury. So we'll definitely make sure to pay attention to that news if he's in or out. And then injury report on the Pacer side, good to go. Starting here with San Antonio, let's talk um, Spurs. What do you like here? 
Wemby. Wemby is finally doing what we kind of expected him to be doing, and I don't think his price is high enough yet, especially in maybe the best possible matchup against Indiana. Indiana and Washington are probably the two best matchups in basketball right now. Um, and so I love this spot for Wemby, Kelvin Johnson, Zach Collins, Jeremy Sohan, Trey Jones, all of these guys. Like Jones played 32 minutes last game. Obviously, it was overtime, but Jones played 32 minutes last game with no Devin Vassell uh, off the bench, and even Chetty Osman got up into like the mid seven or in the mid 20s range for minutes. So I think basically this whole team is viable. Even some Malachi Branham maybe in a great matchup against Indiana. Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, this game is a game we gonna, we're, we're going to want to target. Um, Vassell matters for sure. Um, I think Branham is really interesting. Off, I assume he comes off the bench, um, played 25 minutes on Sunday, and he's still cheap. Like Some of these guys, like Keldon Johnson, Zach Collins, Sohan, um, even, like, even Trey Jones is priced up a little bit. Um, so I think Wemby definitely up towards the top of the list as far as like I wouldn't necessarily say he's like top tier pricing, but he's up a, a little bit above like mid tier pricing. He's in that like unique range where it's like, where are we like putting him at? So overall, I, I really like the spot for Wimby. Uh, centers have absolutely crushed the Pacers this season. So I could see Zach Collins, um, who had a fantastic game on Sunday, coming back and having another good game here against the Pacers. So I think Wimby and Collins just a ton of potential here for um, this side. And then the Pacers side of this game, it's not like San Antonio is playing much, much defense um, here. They got a very young team. <laughs> I, I think defense is not the main focus here. Uh, what do you like here for the Pacers? Yeah, this is like, this is probably my favorite game stat game on the slate. So give me Halliburton, give me Wemby. And mix and match a couple cheap uh, pieces here. I Halliburton is one of my favorite spend ups on the slate until he is regularly priced over like 10.5. He's going to be one of my favorite spend ups on every single slate because he's just underpriced. And so, like, he showed it last game. I think he had like zero points in the first, his first like 12, 13, 14 minutes on the court. And then he ended up finishing with like a 40 piece. Um, and so Halliburton, I absolutely love. It's a great matchup against San Antonio. I want to get as much exposure to him as possible. He's, he might be my top spend up on the slate. Yeah, I think he is, you know, one of the best plays on the entire slate as well. I think we have to at least mention like the minutes that Bruce Brown is playing, you know, he's tied with Halliburton as far as minutes through the first five games for the Pacers this season. So, um, I think this is an interesting spot for Bruce Brown. He's just playing a ton of minutes in general. So, like, if he can get 32 to 35 minutes and you want him as a cheaper, like, piece to your game stack, I think that he's okay. We all want Matherin to be a thing. It just really hasn't been a thing yet. Um, so, I really just overall think that Halliburton is by far the best play here for the Pacers. Um, should absolutely smash in this spot. And then you maybe just play him with, like you said, two Spurs or mix and match him with one of these cheap Pacers plays. But... I think it's clearly Halliburton on the Pacers side. I'm with you on that. And you can get to some Miles Turner as well. He's kind of always a strong tournament play. But, yeah, Halliburton is the main guy. Washington at Philadelphia, 227.5 total. Philly, a 12-point favorite. Uh, this is a game that we're going to be watching a little bit of injury news here. Advia is questionable. Gafford and Casper are questionable as well. 
Uh, Kispert, let's go to Washington. Like, that's three. So Gafford, obviously a big man, but like two wing players here um, with Advia and Kispert both being questionable. Like, one of them being in and one of them being out kind of benefits the other. So, like, um, it'd be really interesting because, like, if Kispert, Kispert doesn't play, Advia could see, like, 25 to 27 minutes and would really benefit there. If they're both out, I think, like, that's a scenario we see Colby a little bit more and, like, Colby potentially plays, like, 28-plus minutes here. So I think it's a spot on Washington where you're watching this and, like, Colby is interesting too, um, TJ. I'm interested to hear your thoughts on him. Like the thought, my thought process on him is like, if this game gets out of hand and it turns into a blowout, like he probably doesn't come off the floor. So, uh, what are your thoughts here on Washington? Yeah, he hasn't had any big fantasy games yet, but he's the type that can put up a bunch of blocks, a bunch of steals, and he's been putting up shots while he's out there. So I like him quite a bit as well in that situation that they're both out. I fear for the blowout in this spot. Like, um, he'd probably be like the only guy I'd play on his own. And then I would get to some Jones, some Jordan Poole, and some Kyle Kuzma in lineups that I'm playing. Uh, and honestly, maybe even DeLon Wright on his own, too. If we get a situation where all of those guys are out, I could see him playing mid 20s minutes. Um, but on an 11, 12 game slate, I don't know if we're going to need it. I see myself mostly just spending up for somebody like Kuzma or Poole and probably Kuzma being that one guy, if I'm playing Joel Embiid. And if not, just not playing any of these guys. I don't mind the right call, like, if both of those guys are out. I think that he's another guy that probably plays a little bit in a blowout scenario. Um, So it's an interesting situation. It's like, the problem is, like, you don't really want to play, like, Mike Muscala. Um, If all three of them are out, maybe Mike Muscala gets a decent projection for minutes in this game, and you at least have to give him consideration. Uh, Philadelphia side, I mean, I think Maxi is interesting at 8,300, and Embiid is always in play. I think Oubre is okay here at 6K. Um, Definitely like his price tag um, more than like looking at Embiid and Maxi's price tag. Problem that I have here with Philly is like, does washington keep this game close how does washington keep this game close and do i have to correlate my philly players with some washington players hoping the game stays close that's it right maxi and Embiid have two of the highest ceilings on this entire slate it's washington plays no defense and they play incredibly fast Embiid could have 60 fantasy points through three quarters in this spot and then not play in the fourth quarter um so it's it's tough i do think like if I ended up landing on Embiid in like a cash or a single entry, I'm fine with that, and I don't wouldn't feel the need to do a lot of runbacks. But in large field contests, if I'm playing Embiid, especially like if he's if he's going to be low owned, you can just play Embiid because he could have 70 points just on his own. Um, but if he's going to be higher owned, I probably only play him in lineups that I'm running it back with Washington players. I will say um, it'd be really interesting because I just looked and it's not out yet. Um, Oh, it is. I see it in a couple places. I was going to say Embiid's uh, rebound total has come in low a couple times this year just because he hasn't been rebounding as much. This is the worst rebounding team in the NBA right now um, through the first five, six games of the season. So um, I think Embiid's rebound prop is super interesting if you can find it at like 10 and a half. It's at 11 and a half right now. I think if you can find it at 10 and a half, I would um, be on the over of that. How crazy have Embiid's assist number has been this year? I mean, he's, he's had played, one game. 
one game this year with less than six assists. Yeah, and a lot of that is like Maxi shooting well. Um, like you know, Embiid they they play a lot of um, two man type of game, and like he's shooting well. Tobias is shooting well to start the season. So like, I mean, just look at all the role players around um, Embiid this season. Like Philly, Philly looks really good to start the season. And they're about to get a ton more role players. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they kind of already do, right? So, but it. Do we do we actually? I, I mean, like, I I saw a report that Nicholas Batum um showed up on Monday or Sunday and is, is expected to make his debut. So, um, so I assume that like all these guys that got moved here are gonna play, but I don't know how much Morris plays. Um, he might be on his way out. All right, Dallas in Orlando facing my Magic here, two twenty four and a half total. Uh, it's back to back for Dallas. We'll be paying attention to see if there's anything that comes out of uh, Dallas, because like Kyrie has been banged up a little bit to start the season, um, dealing with like the foot. I wouldn't be shocked if he sits in this game, like second end of a back to back type of game. Um, Magic side, Wendell Carter Jr. out and Harris out, and then Fultz is questionable. Um, Fultz actually being questionable and Harris being out is actually somewhat interesting. Um, we should note that Kleber didn't play on Sunday, and he has missed the last couple games. Uh, so continue to pay attention to that situation. Let's go Dallas first here. Like I said, second end of a back-to-back. Um, I, the guy that I'm the worried, worried that sits the most here is Kyrie. Like I said, he's been dealing with the foot. Um and this seems like an awesome opportunity to sit him on the second end of a back-to-back. And, I mean, both of these teams kind of struggled, or Kyrie and Luka both kind of struggled on Sunday. Um, Lively continues to play really solid. What are your thoughts here on Dallas? I think this is a pretty easy spot to break down because, honestly, at this point in the season, I think Luka is the best raw points play on every single slate. Um, until he proves otherwise, until Jokic or Embiid kind of equips him and Doncic slows down a little bit, it's it's him. And so if Irving is in, I don't think he's a huge priority, but if you can afford him, you're fine. You're putting some salary savers in your lineup. He is totally fine. But um, if Kyrie is out, I think Luka does become my priority spend up on the slate. Um, and then uh, that's honestly it for Dallas. I don't have any interest on anybody else there. And then on the Orlando side of things, I want to wait and see this Fultz news because obviously Jalen Suggs and maybe even some Cole Anthony become interesting if Fultz is out. Um, but uh, and then there's um, Goga has been priced up $1,700 in this spot. And so while he obviously still has upside. At 4,700, he's not the same like lock and load as he was when he started at 3K. The other thing you got to remember about Goga as well is Mo Wagner got into foul trouble against the Lakers the other night. Um, mm-hmm. So do we think, like, as a Magic fan, I think they want to give Mo Wagner the 25 minutes. I don't think they want to give it to Goga. So just yeah, throwing that out there. Just throwing that out there. Um, I watch a lot of Magic games. They... Really like Mo Wagner in Orlando, and I could see Mo Wagner getting the 25 minutes if he can stay out of foul trouble in this game. And I think I'd prefer him with Goga's price coming up so much. Um, I think I'd rather go to Mo Wagner. Orlando, like for me, 
Banchero and, and Franz Wagner are the two guys that I really like here. Like we're starting to see Paulo Banchero get usage, get rebounds. His assist rate continues to go up because the magic are playing really good. They're playing really good defense too. They are still one of the top defensive teams in the league and they just continue to play great defense. Them in Minnesota, Minnesota um, is playing phenomenal defense uh, to start the season. So just keep that in the back of your head. But yeah, for me on the Magic, interested in Paulo Banchero and Franz Wagner. I think Banchero's rebounds are only going to go up with Wendell Carter Jr. out. Um, and then if Fultz sits, I think you could take shots on Cole Anthony at 5,600. Um, I would assume that he would draw the start and play 30-plus minutes. And Cole Anthony getting minutes is huge. Um, he's someone that can easily produce when he gets the minutes. So, really so for like, what it's worth, like it was it was Anthony Black who started in, a, in that spot last game. And like he played Anthony three. Black stinks. He played 30 I'm plus minutes. I'm just kidding. Uh, played 30 plus minutes. It looks pretty good. And so if he's a starter, um, I would have interest in him too. Yeah. If, if Black starts, I have interest in for sure. Like, I'm interested for sure. Um, played really well the other night. I just, I don't know his, his ceiling. I, I think like he helps potentially some of these other guys, but yeah. All right. Golden State at Detroit. 228 and a half total. Golden State a six point favorite. Both teams on a back to back. Uh, so that's always a ton of fun. Uh, Jaden Ivey did not play on Sunday, and Alec Burks did not play on Sunday. Uh, so we'll pay attention to that. I think like you're always a little worried about like Clay Thompson early in the season. They've already sat him on one back to back. Um, so and like this is like. This is three and four nights, right? Or Kerr said after the game, nobody will be sitting for the second leg of the back-to-back. Oh, there you go. Well, perfect. Um, yeah, I mean, let's start with the Golden State side. We, I mean, we'd like to look at teams going up against Detroit. They're a fun young team, and they they're another team that like not necessarily playing a ton of defense. Um, what are your thoughts on the Warriors? We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I don't honestly on a 12-game slate, I think this is one that at least on the Warrior side, I'm going to cross off. Everybody is priced appropriately or overpriced in my opinion. Um... I don't think I'm going to get to anybody on the Warriors side of things and not much on Detroit, maybe some on Detroit, but not much there either. This is going to be one of my save some time on the slates on the breakdown spots. And then also 
uh, condense my player pool spots. I think like Andrew Wiggins is at the price point where we at least need to mention it. Like I know he's not playing like this huge role, but you know he's going to have a game where he's going to have like twenty points, eight rebounds, two to three steals. Maybe we just keep waiting for the price to come down, but I mean, I think the price is really close to being like we need to at least consider Andrew Wiggins type of you know role. You could always take shots on Clay or Curry when they get hot; they just don't stop and they don't miss. Um, so I don't. I'm with you though. I don't have a ton of interest in Golden State, and then on the Detroit side, I could see like a, a Jalen Duran being a solid play here. I don't think Golden State really has a, a great match up with him, um, so I could see him having a good game. I think it's a tough spot uh, for Thompson, so maybe like Cunningham has a big game, or, or you know. So I think that. This is one of those spots where you're like, maybe I look for some value here on both sides. Um, easy in chat just said Dario Sarge. He's been really solid here uh, re- recently as well. I just, I mean, this is a game I'm kind of just overall night before very lukewarm on. Yeah, I don't disagree with the Sarge call at all. It's just he's a guy that's going to play 20-ish minutes, and that's it. He's not going to push for mid to high 20s. And on a 12-game slate, I don't really want to have to rely on somebody to shoot 75% of the field to just kind of maybe get me there. Um, and so on a 12-game slate, I think we can do better. On the Detroit side of things, like if Burks and Ivy are both out again, I think Sasser becomes a very interesting play for GPPs because he could push upwards of 30 minutes with both of those guys out. If both of them are playing, he probably goes back down to 18, 19, 20, and I don't really want to get to him. But if they're out, I uh, I think Sasser becomes a very interesting value play because he's somebody who will just get extended run if Golden State ends up blowing them out anyways. Great call. Great call. Um, moving on. Milwaukee at Brooklyn. 225.5 total here. Milwaukee, a 5.5 point favorite. Milwaukee, good to go on the injury report as of the night before. Claxton and Cam Johnson out for Brooklyn. Uh, we'll start here with Milwaukee. We finally saw, like, Brooke Lopez have a Brooke Lopez game. Um, what was it? Was it? Thursday or Friday it was Friday, right? Against the Knicks. Um, Four threes and eight blocks. Eight blocks. I mean, and they just kept leaving him open for three, and he just kept shooting them. Um, and, you know, they they kept talking about, like, how awful the rim protection has been this season um, for Milwaukee. And, like, then it just, like, Brooke Lopez is like, all right, well, I'm going to I'm gonna shut up the haters. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Bucks? Brooke Lopez, I would do have somewhat interest in at 5.5K, but other than that, not much. Now, this is, in theory, like the best possible spot for Giannis Antetokounmpo. No center on the other side of things. He should just, Dayron, or like Dayron Sharp's barely playing, so you're telling me Royce O'Neal, maybe Ben Simmons if he plays, and Dorian Finney-Smith are going to be the guys out here Um these guys are going to be the guys protecting the rim for me. And so I think in theory, Giannis should be able to have a absolutely massive game. He just hasn't done it once this year yet. And I'm not sure I want to, I want to spend up for him in tournaments when like his, he just might not be doing the same, might not be being as aggressive earlier in the year for the regular season. They got Lillard there. Now he might just be chilling thinking like we're, we're here to win a championship. I don't care about another MVP. And so I'm not, I'm not necessarily sold on it. In theory, he should be able to smash. 
but I kind of want to wait and see him do it once first. Yeah, the price is definitely nice um, for Giannis just in general. But, I mean, we're looking at 1.42 fantasy points per minute for for Giannis this season. And last year he was 1.78 and the price just – it's adjusting. I don't know if it's adjusted enough, but, like, that's a huge difference. 1.78 is definitely worth 10.6. 1.42 – it's kind of borderline. So I'm with you on Giannis. Um, I've been out on him all year and I feel like this is just one of those scenarios where like this team's too good. Um, there's a lot of talent and like the usage is just, it's definitely going to still be through like Lillard and Giannis. Um, and like you worry like Middleton's just not going to have like big games and he's like six K Brooke Lopez. You're worried about him getting up shots for sure. Um, and like, I don't know if I want to play Jay Crowder on like a 12 game slate. I just I overall don't have a ton of interest in the Bucks. And I know I've been saying that a lot this year, but they're just that team this year, I feel like for me. All right. Yes, um, Brooklyn side of this game, Claxton and Claxton and Cam Thomas or Cam Johnson um, still out. We're still, you know, really seeing this role for like Finney Smith where he's playing a bunch of minutes. He's 5,300. I think he gets as many minutes as he can handle. Um, guarding Giannis in this game uh, for what it's worth. What are your thoughts on Brooklyn? Um, they're all kind of priced up for this situation now. Ben Simmons, Mikael Bridges, these guys are fine. I think they're okay. Same with Finney Smith and Royce O'Neal. I think they're fine if you land on them, but probably my favorite is Cam Thomas just because he's the one guy that if he gets hot, he could just go for 50 real points in any random game. I think Dinwiddie is someone that I, I want to get some exposure to on this slate. Like he's 6,300. We saw him come back um, Friday against sh- Chicago, have a, a solid game. But then like Boston on Saturday, Dinwiddie shot 14 times. He got the rebounds and assists going. I think Dinwiddie at 6,300 has like 45 plus point upside here. So I think Dinwiddie would be my favorite play here from Brooklyn. And I feel like, his price is kind of nice, um, so I think Dinwiddie is going to be my my highest owned um, player from this team, and I I do like the Cam Thomas call when he like you said when he gets hot he can put up thirty actual points and he does it quick too. Like I was watching a Brooklyn game the other night and I was like, man, this guy has like eight or nine buckets already, and it's like, all right. So um, I, I do like Cam Thomas as well. Lakers at Miami taking on the heat 221 and a half total here Miami a one and a half point favorite Hachimura Vanderbilt Vincent out Hayes questionable for the Lakers Hampton questionable for Miami and Caleb Martin still out we'll go Lakers first here uh what are your thoughts here on LA you know I don't want to have much interest Miami's a good defensive team it's on the road for LA going across the country all the way across the country but Anthony Davis has been absolutely smashing every single game. LeBron is still underpriced for how well he's been playing. Um, Russell and Reeves, I think, are fine. But Christian Wood's been closing games now as well. Um, So I actually do think, especially with the amount of injuries they have right now, that the Lakers are in a sneaky good spot. Um, The matchup's not strong, but Anthony Davis has been putting up like 60 fantasy points a game. LeBron's been 
playing greats at his uh, older age. And then Christian Wood is way underpriced for the amount of minutes he's playing right now. I think Anthony Davis is someone that we need to keep playing um, over 60 fantasy points in four of his last five games. The game that he didn't was against the Clippers. He put up 55. He's just smashing. And it's like, he's so active defensively. You're always worried about like him getting injured. Um, but as of right now with him healthy, I mean, we just got to play him. Uh, I'm with you. The Miami side, always tough for me when it comes to Miami. Um, I like Bam in certain situations. I like Jimmy Butler in certain situations. I think this is a Tyler Hero game. Um, we're starting to see a trend of like wing-type shooters you know, doing well against uh, the Lakers. I think this is a spot Tyler Hero could potentially have a big game. I'll uh, raise you one and say that every game that everybody's healthy for Miami, I think Tyler Hero is the only one we can play. Um, I think he's pretty consistently a good play. He's playing upwards of 40 minutes a game every game. It looks like they're trying to um, utilize him as much as possible, maybe get some trade bait for him and then uh, get that ugly contract off the shelves. But he has been playing some really great basketball this year. He's scoring a lot. He's rebounding. He almost put up a triple-double last game at nearly 40 minutes a game. Um, I think we have to keep considering Tyler Harrow night in and night out. Yeah, I, honestly, outside of him, I just I don't have a ton of interest in like Tyler Hero would only be like a large field play for me, just because like he is still eighty one hundred. I feel like you could always take shots on Jimmy Butler too. Like he he'll have those games from time to time. He goes for like fifty plus playing against his buddy LeBron. Um, maybe he shows up and have a big game. The other thing I want to mention for Miami is like we really kind of need to continue to pay attention to this like Josh Richardson role. Um, he came back and he's played 23, 30 and 26 minutes. He's 4,500. Don't know if we'll necessarily need him on this slate because it's such a big slate, but um, he's someone I just want to keep watching the minutes. Um, he's really eaten into like Kevin loves minutes. So, yeah, <laughs> I'm not sure if we'll need it, but that's like, so I think it's a good time to point out that, like you mentioned at the beginning, this is a first look podcast. And so even though we, we kind of keep saying, I don't know if we're going to need this. I don't know if we're going to need this. This is a 12 game slate. We don't have all that much value right now, but right. over the course of tomorrow throughout the day, as injury reports get released, there's a bunch of teams on back to backs. There's a bunch of stuff that at this moment we won't be able to predict, but there will be value opening up. There will be players missing games and it's, it's the NBA and it's 12 games after a weekend. Um, there's going to be a lot of spots opening up and a lot of players missing games that we just don't know who they're going to be yet. All right. We got Clippers and Knicks. 226 and a half total Clippers are one and a half point favorite man out for the Clippers. And this is one of those potential like news key news pieces. RJ Barrett questionable um, for the Knicks. He practiced Sunday and sounds like he is really close to playing um, in this game. I know he missed uh, the last couple games with the knee. Um, I think it was just soreness. Let's go Clippers first. Um, James Harden likely will okay so he's going to play in this game but it sounds like he's going to be on a minutes limit um for me tj i don't think i'm playing anybody from the clippers maybe maybe zubak but his price like i i want nothing to do with the clippers like what is james harden gonna do usage wise to george and leonard are they gonna play together is westbrook gonna start still um uh, just too many question marks for me 
XXX. No, uh, no Clippers for me in this spot. Yeah, I just no, nope, nope. Uh, Nick's side of this game. Jalen Brunson is someone that when he gets going, he can have monster games. Uh, we saw it the other night against the Bucks. I just overall don't have a ton of interest. In, if Barrett plays, maybe you take shots on Barrett, but you're definitely worried about like them saying, all right, well, the knee is bothering him. He's coming back out of the game. So I just don't have a ton of interest in the Knicks. If Barrett plays, I think you can X out this entire game. If he's out, Brunson quickly and Josh Hartz, I would probably have interest in all three of them. It's crazy how bad Julius Randle has looked this year. Like he has looked genuinely, genuinely horrific. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, um, yeah. All right. That game is that game just not my favorite game. We have a big, big, big game. All right. Utah at Chicago, two 23 and a half total here. Chicago, a four and a half point favorite. Um, sounds like the injury report's pretty good on both sides here. So nothing to nothing too concerning. We'll go Utah first. Uh, anything that you like here for the Jazz? Not a super strong matchup against Chicago. Um, Markinen always has a ceiling, I think, until he's in like the mid 9Ks. Uh, John Collins has been playing well in this new role with the Utah Jazz. And then Taylor Horton Tucker has been playing some decent basketball as well. I think Kelly Olenek has a ceiling at 4,700. Um, but I, I don't like there's nobody on this team that's a priority. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Yeah, I mean, this game potentially has a little bit of sneaky upside just overall. I'm just still trying to figure it out. Like, Utah, they're allowing the most fantasy points per game. So, like, I have some interest in the Chicago side of this game. So, it's just trying to figure out, like, where I want to attack the Chicago side if I want to run it back at all. Um, So, maybe it's someone like... Yeah, like even like Walker Kessler's not playing enough minutes. Uh, maybe it, maybe it's like, gosh, I even it gave me heartburn. I started to say this and it gave me heartburn. Like I had instant heartburn. Uh, maybe it's THT. Um, Horton Tucker is showing some upside. He's shooting the ball a ton. His usage rate is through the roof. Um, so maybe it's Horton Tucker for the Jazz that I that I get some exposure to. Oh. I think I'm just going to be full stacking this Indiana and Spurs game and not worrying about anything else. <laughs> All right, well, talk to me here about Chicago. What do you like for the Bulls? Um, While all the players are healthy, I never like stacking up this team. It's basically just picking one if they fit my lineup. And so Levine, Vucevic, DeRozan, White, those are the four uh, Bulls players that have been in my pool almost every night. And I rarely add anybody else to that list outside of maybe Andre Drummond in the game I think might blow out. Um, and so it's the same four guys for me in this spot. None of them are main priorities, but if they land in my lineup, I'm not mad about it. Vucevic has been playing really well this year, so he'd probably be my favorite. Yeah, I like Vooch a lot in this spot. I think he has like one of those like Patton and Vooch like 45 plus fantasy point games. Um, I like the price under Rosen. It's just like we really haven't seen that like huge ceiling, and like he just 
he's such a good like point prop player instead of like a DFS player because like he just doesn't do anything else. He just scores. Um, he's not going to go out and get you 10 assists and 10 rebounds. He just scores. Um, so I think like you're going to need for DeRozan to have like steals and stuff like that. And I hate kind of trying to predict how that's going to show up. So um, I think Vooch is the play for Chicago today. Atlanta at the Thunder taking on OKC. 236 and a half total, one of the highest totals that we have on this slate, this game in the Indiana Pacers game. Uh, Atlanta three-point favorite. Matthews is out. And then on the Thunder side, SGA and Kendrick Williams, they're both out. Obviously, SGA matters. We'll talk about that in a second. But let's start with Atlanta. A good matchup against the Thunder. Should be a, I mean, decently paced game. The Thunder, they're sixth in pace. Atlanta's fourth in pace. Like, I think potential to be like the fastest paced game on the slate, just there, up there with the Spurs and Pacers as well. Um, what do you like here for Atlanta? Quite a bit. Uh, Trey Young is totally fine in tournaments. I don't mind him one bit, but DeJounte Murray has just been too cheap this entire season so far. Um, as long as he's cheaper than 8K, I always have interest in him. And this is a great spot for DeJounte Murray. Um, Jalen Johnson randomly didn't start one game and then he popped back into the starting lineup and immediately smashed again with 42.75 DK points in his last game, 36 minutes. So as long as he starts, I think he's at this point, one of the better values we have on this slate at 5.6 K. Um, a Kongu's price has gotten to a point that I don't really know if I want to go there anymore, but I think he's still got the upside Capella. It's the upside is there, but again, it's just kind of tough choosing between one of these guys when they're just splitting the minutes down the middle every time. And you never know which one is going to be playing more. So, um, DeAndre Hunter is, is fine. He's shown a bit of a ceiling this year, but it's mostly just young Murray and Jalen Johnson for me with Johnson and Murray being my two main priorities. If Johnson starts, they usually bring Bay in off the bench. I have interest in Bay if he doesn't start. Um, I want him with that second unit. He gets more shot attempts with that second unit than when he's playing with the um, first unit. So I think Sadiq Bay, if he doesn't start, still plays like 25 to 30 minutes, just gets more usage, more shots. And that's, I mean, at the end of the day, that's what we want at 4,500. And he's someone that can fill up the rebounds and get some steals. Um, 30 fantasy points at 4,500 for Bay would be fantastic. So, um, one to throw his name out there. That's like the direct correlation with him and Johnson, uh, for me. Thunderside SGA out is huge. Um, Holgren home home grin, um, is someone that I definitely have some interest in here. I think that he's an extremely talented young player. I know Josh Giddy didn't have like a, a stellar game on Friday with SGA out, but like Josh Giddy is a guy that definitely benefits from SGA being out. Uh, we saw Lou Dort have a really solid game. He scored 29 actual points the other night. Um, what a game for Dort. And then the other one I wanted to mention, I talked about him on the fr- podcast Friday. Um, Kaysen Wallace, his price went down a little bit. He played 36 minutes um, the other night. I really like that. And I'm interested to get your takes on like a, a Jalen Williams. Um, I know he burned a lot of people the other night. He was super popular. Do you think people go back to the well here? His price went up. He burned people. Um, just give me your thoughts on the the Thunder overall. I mean, I hope they don't because I still love him. He still put up like 32 fantasy points in that spot with six turnovers, six personal fouls. Um, and I think so, he had like seven fantasy points at halftime. Yeah, like it's the. 
potential for so much more was there. He's the one who benefits the most when SGA is off the court. Um, and so I still like Jalen Williams. I love Chet Holmgren. Um, Dort is fine, but he also absolutely shot the lights out in that spot. Um, so he'd be the third spot for me, but Jalen Williams and Chet Holmgren, I do really like. This is one of those situations that if Dort gets a ton of ownership, I'm going to look to pivot to like Wallace or anything, um, in this, in this range. So, um, like Isaiah Joe got a lot of ownership and he projected well the other night. He scored 16 actual points, had a really good game. It's just, he doesn't do anything else. (laughs) So, He's not going to fill up your stat sheet and like he, you're going to need him to score like 30 actual points to have a ceiling night. Don't know if that's the case. Boston at Minnesota, 225 and a half total in this game. Boston, a four point favorite. Brissett is questionable for Boston. Don't think that matters uh, too much. We'll go Boston first here. Tough matchup against Minnesota. Um, I got done saying that like the defense for Minnesota has been fantastic to start the season. Minnesota also plays really slow, so they're going to definitely try to slow the Celtics down here in Minnesota. Uh, what are your thoughts on Boston? Jason Tatum is very interesting. He's just been crushing it every single night always. Um, I think he's a early uh, dark horse to win the MVP. Um, but outside of that, like there's just too many good players on this team. If Derek White, um, he's expected to come back here. Like, I just think there's too many, too many cooks in the kitchen. Holiday Brown or Porzingis are all fine. Um, and there is a chance one of them hits a ceiling for sure. But figuring out how to predict that when there's so many good players in this spot, it's, it's tough. So I think this will likely be in a slow paced, tough defensive, uh, game. I think this will likely be a fade spot for me. I think this is a spot we can take some Drew Holiday just because of his price. Um, 7K. And, like, Jalen Brown is going to have those games where he just goes out and shot, shoots fit 25 times and scores 35 fantasy points or 35 actual points. Um, I, I mean, I have interest in Drew. I like the Tatum call as, like, a pivot off the top end type of plays. Um we don't mention him a lot, but I, I feel like Al Horford is someone that's going to need to play 30 minutes in this game. Um, I don't know if I necessarily would play him in DFS, but like with with Towns and Gobert, they're going to need Horford on the floor in this game. Um, so if you get into a bunch and you you need someone, I don't I don't hate the spot for Al Horford. Um, I could see them in, as opposed to that, just turning this into a game where Gobert can't stay on the court. Um, and they just run five out, then he has to go out and guard Porzingis, and he just won't be able to. If yeah, a teams try to do that with Minnesota, and they just leave Gobert on the floor, I'm just True. telling you. I'm just, just telling you. I, I, this Celtics team may be a team that they just can't with all five guys being able to shoot threes. Yeah, I mean that's true. Um, Minnesota side of this game always have interest in um, Edwards just because of his usage. Towns like. You get those games where like Towns will score like 20, 25 actual points and have 10 plus rebounds and get that double double. It hasn't happened a lot this year, but I mean the upside for Towns is always is always there. Um I actually kind of like Gobert's price if you're in the mindset with me thinking like they're gonna try to put Al Horford out a lot. I think this is a spot Rudy Gobert could go for like 40 plus fantasy points. So um I don't mind Rudy Gobert in this spot either. 
Yeah, I, I, I'm kind of on the other side of it. I think he might end up getting limited minutes, but it's one of those situations where it's probably one or the other. It's probably a big game or a yep. pretty terrible game. It's not really a median spot for him, a mean spot for him. Sorry, um, Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns are too cheap, and then you can always take shots on Nazarene in tournaments. He always has a ceiling at that price tag. Yeah, and hear me out. I think Mike Conley's somewhat interesting in this game too. I think he plays twenty. 28 plus minutes and gets like his eight to 10 shots up and gets some assists and scores like 30 fantasy points at 4,900. Uh, depending on the value that opens up through the day, I think Mike Conley is right now on my list as a potential value play for this slate. Yeah, I don't mind that. All right. This game, this game, I want to play this game. I just don't know if I'm going to. Sacramento at Houston, 218 and a half, one of the lowest projected totals on the slate. Houston, a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Fox and Lyles out for Sacramento. Easton and Oladipo out for Houston. Uh, go Sacramento first. I mean, no Fox is huge in this spot. It's just figuring out, like, how we want to play Sacramento because they just haven't been playing good. I mean, they're, they're, they've been awful. Let's just call it how it is. Um, what are your thoughts here on the Kings? Yeah, without De'Aaron Fox, this team definitely goes downhill a lot. I think Sabonis is fine, but he doesn't actually see a boost without De'Aaron Fox. Um, Keegan Murray and Harrison Barnes, Kevin Herter, I think they're all playable in this matchup. But for me, it's Malik Monk night. I've been loading up on Malik Monk every game without Fox. I'm going to continue to do so. I'd love to see a few more minutes, but these games also haven't stayed close. Like you said, they've been terrible, and so... Malik Monk, definitely my favorite guy. He's been priced up, but he's still too cheap, and he's not. he never gets ownership at that price tag. Um, and so I think Monk is a phenomenal tournament play. Yeah, I wish they'd start him over Mitchell. Um, I, I mean, I still think he's a great tournament play. I don't disagree with you. I just wish they'd start him over Mitchell. Because, um, they, like, they they leave Mitchell out there for so long, um, and then, like, Monk chucks in for Herder and then plays through, like, Mitchell coming out of the game for a little while. But uh, just, uh, I mean, I think I think Monk is the, the play. Like, if you had to choose between, like, Mitchell and Monk on, like, who you wanted to play, I think it'd be Monk. Um, I, I just wish he'd start, but whatever. Um, Sabonis, I mean, I could see Sabonis smashing in this spot. I know he didn't do it the other night when these two teams played, but I could see a really good game for him. The Houston side of this game, I mean, I want to play Sangoon in this spot because I I just I think he has a big upside spot. It's just I know it didn't work out the other day in this same game, and you're like, all right, well, Jabari Smith had a monster. Um, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I like Shangun and Smith. I only ever want to play one of them in the same lineup, but uh, I, I don't play them together. But I do like Shangun and Smith. Sabonis is just one of the very worst defensive players in all of basketball. Um, and then, or at least compared to how good he is offensively. Um, and so I like both those big guys. I Green is fine, but I just feel like it's another case of a bit too many cooks in the kitchen for him at that price. Um, I like Fred Van Vliet a lot for tournaments. And then like if Dylan Brooks is going to play mid thirties minutes, he's not going to shoot 60% from three all year, but if he's going to play mid thirties minutes, he's totally fine. Yeah. I mean, Van Vliet had a monster game the other night against these, when these two teams played um, 53 actual or 53 points, fantasy points. Um, and like, I like the Dylan Brooks call a lot 
they're just he, he's just on the court so much right now um, that it's hard not to have interest in him <laughs> just overall. All right, we finish it out with New Orleans at Denver, 223.5 total in this game. Denver a six-point favorite on the New Orleans side. C.J. McCollum's out, Murphy's out, Marshall's out, Alvarado is out, and then Murray is out for Denver. So two key pieces on the injury report here night before. Jamal Murray and C.J. McCollum both being out. We'll start with New Orleans. Uh, what do you like here for the Pelicans? As long as he's starting at the one, I probably get Dyson Daniels in every single one of my lineups on this slate, whether I'm playing one or 150. Um, even if I don't go quite that heavy, it'll be one of Dyson Daniels, Jordan Hawkins, or Kira Lewis Jr. As my dogs try and fight each other, they know it's the last game here. Um, look, at, look at these guys go at each other. This is why you got to get on uh, watch on YouTube. This is a, a pay-per-view fight we got going on right now. Um, but uh, hey. Sorry. Uh, you go. What do you think about New Orleans? I got to shut these guys up. That's <laughs> fine. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I definitely, if Dyson Daniels starts, I have interest in him in this spot. Uh, it'd be interesting to see if they start him or Hawkins. Um, I, I like whoever starts. So if Hawkins starts, I, I like him. If it's Daniels, I like him. And then I don't mind this spot overall for like a Brandon Ingram. I just don't think he has upside at 8K. And I don't have a ton of interest in Zion. Um, he really hasn't had like that ceiling game yet. Like it, it's there. It's just 8,800 is a tough price tag for him. Um, so I think I'm looking for the value plays on New Orleans uh, more than anything else here. Yeah, Ingram, I would only play, or even somebody like Jonas Valanciunas, I'd only consider playing them if I had Joker in the same lineup. But it's mostly Dyson Daniels or Jordan Hawkins for me in this spot. And maybe even somebody like Kira Lewis Jr. if I'm running 150. All right, let's go to Denver. We're going to get, I think we're going to get a pretty good amount of ownership on Reggie Jackson, even at 5,500. But I think Jokic is the top play on the entire slate today. Um, I don't think this is an overthink it type of spot. I think Luca will get some ownership on this slate and for good reason. But I think this is a Jokic uh, smash spot. I think it's a triple double game for Jokic today. Yeah, I think maybe if we got. Kyrie out I might give the very slight edge to to Dontrich um but with Jamal Murray already out with uh, as it stands right now I think Jokic is probably the top raw points play um with Kyrie in it's Jokic with Kyrie out I think it's Dontrich but that $400 discount might be just enough to give the edge to Jokic as the top play anyways um Reggie Jackson, I think, is fine, but like you said, he's he's priced up. I don't know how big of a ceiling he has at uh, at that price tag, and so it's probably just Joker, nothing for me in this spot. The other thing that I'll note here is if if Jokic is like handling more like assist type of role, um, we typically see when Jokic is doing this, like Aaron Gordon picks up a lot more rebounds. 6,600 for Aaron Gordon, I don't think is the craziest idea on this slate. I could see him getting, you know, double digit rebounds. And then, like, if he gets his like 15 ish points and, you know, gets a couple assists and, you know, he's someone that can get steals and blocks. I think this could be a game we see Aaron Gordon go for like 40 plus. And yeah, everyone knows my thoughts on Aaron Gordon just in general. Um, but I, I do think this is a spot we could see. We could see him have a, a solid game at 6,600 here. All right, morning grind game. We'll use DraftKings pricing and scoring, and then uh, we'll get out of here for this Monday. We'll be back Wednesday. Uh, we'll talk about that in just a second. 
Favorite play under 5K to go 7X. Who do you got? Dyson Daniels. Dyson Daniels. Solid. I like that one. That one's that one's solid. Um, I was struggling with this one earlier, and I still – I guess I'll go a little contrarian here and say Sadiq Bay. I do like the spot for Sadiq Bay. Uh, over 8K to go under 5X. Who's your bust today? My bust today is going to be Paul George. Paul George. I like it. I'm going to go Giannis. Just, we haven't seen the ceiling yet. Favorite 6X play. Who do you got? Any price range? Ownership doesn't matter who's getting 6X today. Malik Monk is most definitely getting 6X today. Getting the job done. I like it. I am going to go Dinwiddie. I really like the spot for Dinwiddie today. I'll go Dinwiddie. Let's get you know weird. who else is? Paula Burton's getting 6X today, too, even at that 9-4 price tag. There you go. Let's get weird GPP play of the day. Who do you got? Um, I feel like there was a couple that we we talked about that I didn't mind trying, and there was one uh, cheapy per, in particular from one of the first games we were playing we were talking about, and I don't remember who it was. Um, shucks, who do we got here? I don't think he's going to be very high on. I'm going to go with Tyler Harrow. Yeah, I like the hero call, upside-wise. I'm going to go Wimby as my let's get weird GPP play of the day. I've been playing him a lot, and like every time I think he's going to be popular, he just doesn't get ownership. And I think maybe this slate's a little different, but like, look who he's priced around. Um, with his price being so high, I feel like people are just gun-shy on the bad games, and I think his ceiling's too high to be ignoring him. So I'm going to go Wimby with my let's get weird GPP play of the day. Not a ton of props out, so we're going to skip the the props question of the morning grind game, and we're going to get out of here. TJ, any final thoughts before we do? No, that's it. Hope you have a good week of grinding over this next week here, and then uh, looking forward to taking over a week of hosting the morning grind for you as you take a much-earned and deserved vacation. Looking forward to that as well. We'll be back on Wednesday. No NBA on Tuesday night. I know. Some people were asking about hockey on Tuesday night. Not going to happen. I need a day off. Um, so we'll be back on Wednesday. Plenty of hoops. We got football on Thursday this week and then back with basketball on Friday. Hope everyone has a fantastic Monday. Good luck, everyone. We'll see you again tomorrow.